Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. This is your first time a podcast is a personally oriented discussion centered around select topics. Today's topics all about the connection between faith and business. My guest is Dan Rosenblatt, who is a LinkedIn personality whose purpose is to love God, love people, and use his spiritual gifts of leadership teachings and knowledge to equip and empower others. Who am I? I'm Will Tarashuk. I am the founder of Willie T Productions and a professional podcast host. So get your favorite Bible verse ready. You all know John 316. I hope you all know Austin 316. Well, now we have podcast 316. That reads, let's get this show on the road. All right, Dan. And just like that, I had, I had, I had you, this was a little bit of a tough one, honestly, to kind of write that little stinger at the ends of like, how do I well, actually, yeah. how do I actually like write off the, uh, the actual intro? So I yeah. went with, I went no, with wrestling. Awesome, I went with Austin 316. It's like, oh, I'll do podcast. That's hilarious, that's right. man. We're not this. smashing beers, but we're still gold. <laughs> that's for sure. That's hilarious. So I was like, it's the only, honestly, it's the only Bible verse I know. Um, off top, actually, I don't even, I don't even know what the actual Bible verse is for John three sixteen. I just know sure. it's John three sixteen, Austin three sixteen, sure. and now podcast three sure. sixteen. So that's so funny. Well, well, just so you know, John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life." Interesting. So what does that mean in like in, in, in modern English? I guess we can just start there because sure. the Bible, Bible language is very flowery. It's very beautiful prose. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But yeah. it can be yeah. a little hard to actually dissect. So even John 316, yeah, dissect the meaning of John 316. Yeah. So essentially what that means is that in the beginning, a Christian or a Jew believes that God created the heavens and the earth, if you're familiar with Genesis at all, and that Adam and Eve, we sin, the original sin, and because of that, we separated ourselves from God, because God is perfect, and we are not now. In the beginning, we had a perfect relationship with Him, and then we sinned and separated that. So because of that, God so loved the world, He needed to have a perfect sacrifice. In the Old Testament, in Scriptures, it talks about the Passover lamb. It talks about uh, atoning sacrifices. There was a day of atonement, Yom Kippur, which is a high holiday for for Jewish folks. Um, and, And ultimately, a lot of that was pointing to, all that was pointing to Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, who lived a perfect life, who died on the cross as a sacrifice, was resurrected again. So for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever shall believe in him, the son, shall not perish but have eternal life and unity with God again, uh, washed clean by the blood of Jesus and have unity and relationship with Jesus and, and God in heaven. You know, it's really beautiful when you put it that way, right? It's Because original, original sin, if you're Catholic, is mm-hmm. um, the apple biting into the apple of Eden, they call it original yep. sin, and original sin gets yep. washed away um, mm-hmm. with baptism, which is your entry okay. into the Catholic Church. And then from there you go on to um, uh, confirmation, conf- conf- the final one. The one catechism. The b- baptism, and then the, the you get the first Eucharist, then you go on to confirmation. Yep. So, yep. But you, Dan, now when we first talked, you told me you are ethnically Jewish, but you are a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus. So that means yeah. you're a Jewish and Catholic, correct? So, so how, how does, so yeah, how does that work? It's, it's square, square that so, circle. So I'm, I'm a Christian. I follow the, our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he completed 
the the prophecies from the Old Testament. So my heritage, if you were to draw my blood, it would tell you that I'm 49.7%, 50% Ashkenazi Jew. So half my family is completely Jewish. Uh, one of my parents, it was their first, they were the first person in our family line to marry outside of the ethnicity and the religion, okay? So that's one common misconception is that Judaism is, is just a religion, so you can't be a Jewish Christian. Well, my blood, my name, my heritage, my upbringing would tell you that I'm Jewish, right? We practice Hanukkah, we practice Passover, we practice different holidays uh, with family. Um, some of that was more consistent, some of it was not. It changed throughout time, but ultimately... Uh, a series of events. I, I was raised without a religion, really. It was more like, here's your heritage. We're going to practice Christmas, but it's like your matching pajamas and your Christmas tree. Let's celebrate Hanukkah as well. And then let's do Easter, but let's talk about Passover and let's match them up with the time of year and the different holidays so that we can be raised with our culture and our heritage from both my mom and dad's side, which was really cool. Uh, at the same time, there wasn't really the spiritual component. And so when I, I turned 18, uh, the Lord let a series of events uh, occur, which include concussions, which included getting arrested, which included getting kicked out of the house, which included uh, breaking up with a high school sweetheart, uh, and a lot of other a lot of other things that occurred in that that short period of time that kind of led me to my knees and really ultimately started a searching uh, for spirituality and purpose. And so I read the Quran, you know, I started reading about Hinduism, and I was always into history, uh, so I was I was looking for answers. I was looking for meaning. I was looking for purpose. And then I, I had true relationship and experience and transformation in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, so I'm not a Catholic. I'm a non-denominational Christian, which essentially means I don't identify as a Lutheran. I don't identify as a Catholic. I don't identify as a Baptist. I identify as a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ, and believe that my life is to as you, you shared in the intro, to love God, to love people, and then use the spiritual gifts. Those are gifts that he's given me of leadership, teaching, and knowledge to help empower and equip others so they can go out and live their lives on purpose. Yeah, I think, I think you do it the right way, right? Religion as a whole and spirituality and your relationship with God should be a very personal thing to Correct. you. Now, I, I myself, just you know, for the sake of transparency, I'm not really religious, I'm, I, but I, I do consider myself spiritual. I do believe in God. I'm more agnostic than anything else. Like I can't deny sure. the existence of God. And I, and I like sure. to believe there is a God and a higher power, but you know, my yeah. problems come with the institution of religion. Um, but sure. the idea of religion being very personal and faith-based and how mm -hmm. you can take those teachings of the Bible and use that in your everyday life and apply it to yeah. your, to your everyday, like even you in business and you, you sell insurance. But you're, right. you're pretty popular on LinkedIn. You're, almost, you're approaching 20,000 followers. You know, I just crossed two, yeah. so pat on my back. Um, <laughs> but, you know, your, your, your big niche is tapping into that well of faith and spirituality and following Jesus. So how did you combine those two worlds? Because typically, three things you don't talk about with adults is yeah. politics, religion, and how to raise your kids. But you're just right. like, you know, I'm going to take those first two and just mush them together. Well, do you get parenting yeah, advice right. as well? Hell, let's push, push all three together and do a holy trinity. So how, you know, how, how did you, how do you told that line on LinkedIn? It's, it's funny that, you know, you mentioned that because I, I get that, that question a lot. I don't see them as being separate things, right? I believe that my life purpose emanates out of my core values, which are my faith, my family, fellowship. So my brothers and sisters in Jesus 
fraternity or fraternity or philanthropy, however you want to say that, but my community around me, the most impact we can make in our lives is in the people right in front of us each and every day in our communities, not necessarily, you know, across the world or in another city or, you know, thousands of miles away, but right in front of us. Uh, And the last one is fitness and that's fine, but I, I filter all my decisions through that. And so, if there's an opportunity for me to connect with you and you say that, Hey man, I'm an agnostic and this is kind of where I see things. I'm, I'm going to just connect with you on that. Cause that's where I was. I believed everything happened for a reason and whatever didn't kill me made me stronger. Those were like my mantras, but I didn't, I didn't have a religion. I believed, you know, this aspect of science didn't necessarily make sense. And then when I look over here, I thought, you know, there has to be something that created this. There has to be a purpose behind it all. At least that's what I believed in part of my story, right? And so the two are so intertwined that when I came to know the Lord and those answers were revealed to me, because it's not me. I'm not like some super smart guy. It's not because I'm better than anyone else. And and the people that I, I hang out with and the Christians that I hang out with would say the same in all humility that we're just regular people. And the Lord has revealed some of those things to us. And so ultimately, if there's a lot of people that are hurting, right? We see it all the time. There, there's folks out there like Justin Bray um, and John Moore and, and other folks that, that have started here, Brotherhood. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's specifically targeted for men that are hurting, that don't have a community. And they started it less than a year ago. And it's just exploded because there are people out there searching for answers, they're hurting. They're looking for community. They don't know why they're here. They don't know where they're going. And so for me, it's an opportunity on LinkedIn or social media to just simply share stories in my life of interactions that I'm having, of, of being able to speak into that and never knowing who might need a listening ear or maybe a little bit of wisdom. And again, that wisdom doesn't come from me. It comes from the Lord of speaking into that with tact, with grace, with love, not condemning, right? We talked about John 3.16 earlier, but John 3.17 talks about that he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, right? We were already condemned through our own sin, at least I believe, that separates us from God. He sent his son into the world, into the world to love the world, to seek and to save the lost, as the Bible says. And so I don't think that Jesus would judge these people. Um, I think that he would love these people. And so, so entering into wherever they are, if they're hurting or depressed, just because chemically that's what they got going on, or they lost their job, or they're going through a divorce, or whatever might be happening in their life, to share content that's encouraging, that's positive, that's going to connect with them. And then that starts conversations like the one we're having right now, or you know, in, in the DMs or in, in the comments section. And that's really how those two are integrated because my faith is so important to me. And I believe that it's the reason why I'm here and where I'm going and that that can bring help and hope to other people. I share it everywhere I go. Yeah. And it's important not to be judgmental of, right. of, of anybody for any reason. So if you come across that, that atheist who might want to call you a televangelist or a scammer or you're this, this, this group you have, it's like, Oh, you're just trying to do this to take the money off of people. It's like, well, does that exist? Sure. Sure, it exists, but right. I, I can think right. of I can think of another group. Um, I didn't know that. I don't know that previous one you mentioned, but I do know. Sure, they might have rebranded to. I think they're the Billion Dollar Brotherhood now. The guys, the guy's name is Nicholas Barely. Um, okay. he runs. He's also very faith based. His story sure. is wild. I had him. I interviewed him on a podcast two years ago, and okay. but he he he's a entrepreneur who 
works specifically with men entrepreneurs and connects them with the thread of faith and religion. So how sure. how did you how did you get into that of saying I'm going to work with men, help them feel comfortable being men and opening up, even yeah. being emotional men, and kind of yeah. you know work in faith to just be like, okay, this is how you can help people because men don't like to talk about it in general because men men are struggling out there and don't get me wrong, everyone else yeah. is struggling too. But I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at that men don't like to talk about men it. don't like we to don't talk like about to it. Know. They they yeah, don't, don't for whatever reason of stereotypical men gotta be men, but. In my eyes, men being men is being in touch with your emotions and being in touch with who you are as a person. You can connect that sure. with, you know, a psychiatrist, a partner, a loved one, or right. God or Jesus or a group of other men. Yeah. So how, how right. long-winded question here. How did you get into that and building that community? Well, first, I am a man, right? Of course, that helps. And so, <laughs> you know, there, statistically, I'm not sure if you're aware, but women trust other women more than they trust men. And men trust women more than they trust other men. And so mm. I, I can't relate to what it's like to be pregnant or what it's like to have a period or what it's mm -hmm. like to have many different things that women go through, right? Um, I, I talk to people about this all the time, controlling the controllables. I can barely control my own thoughts and emotions, and I really don't understand women, right? I married one. I, every day is a journey to understand her and get to know her better. But I'm a man, and my dad's from the East Coast. And you'll appreciate this. I'm very direct. I grew up with him. He's very direct. He's in sales. I think with guys especially, um, and I don't want to be sexist there, but I, I think that it's the case, guys especially, you can be really direct with guys. You can poke them in the chest. I've told my buddies for a long time, if they see something off in my life that I'm not doing right or that isn't in line with scripture or isn't in line with the teachings of Jesus, well, they can punch me in the chest, man. I am an open book. And, and I think uh, it flowed naturally out of serving. And ultimately, you know, I've got a, a picture here that's in my office, and I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, right yeah, there. We got it. Put it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So his, that little boy's name is Angel. Uh, and he was four years old. Um, when I was 19 and I just came to know the Lord just less than a year before I met him. So I spent eight months in a community in Mexico, serving down there and building homes and, and helping them and teaching about Jesus. And on the seventh or eighth week, his mother came very, very upset with me because the whole time I was down there, he was calling me Papi, which means daddy. And I was calling him Mijo, which means like my, my child, my son, um, and it turns out that his dad had abandoned him, right? And so why did he do that? I don't know what his history was. I'm not his judge. But I believe really that we, as men, we need to stand on our own two feet. And if we have a child, we need to father that child. If we, if we, have, if we cause something to happen, we should be responsible for the ones for, for taking care of that, stewarding that, so to speak. And um I had to explain to that little boy in my broken Spanish at the time. I'm now fluent. I, I went on to major in Spanish so that I'd never be in that situation again, um, that I wasn't leaving him because I didn't love him, because I didn't want to be with him. I was leaving because that was always the plan. I was only going to be there for eight weeks, right? Um, that was always the plan. It wasn't, okay, I went down there, I met you, and now I'm going to leave you because you're not good enough. I don't care about you. I don't love you. Uh, and that was very, very difficult. And, and so that started a series of, of service of then serving in our youth group and then serving uh, in our community and, and serving with big brothers, big sisters. 
and, and serving. I was asked four years ago to be on our elder, our elder council, our church council, which which makes spiritual decisions for our church, and and then that's led to now I'm. I'm the church chair for that that group, so I lead that group. Uh, so it's a series of things, and now I co-lead our men's ministry as well. It didn't just happen overnight, right? And and that's another thing with integrating faith and business and integrating faith into every day. That if we're not, it's like anything else. Those those growth that growth compounds, right? And if we aren't if we aren't intentional about it it's not just going to show up five years, 10 years down the road or a year down the road, just like you with this podcast, just like me in sales and insurance every day, we're working to grow and become better. And so how did I start with men? I know men better than I know women. And it just kind of naturally, that's where that niche developed is there was a need in our church for men's ministry. A couple other guys started a men's breakfast and then uh, they needed somebody to kind of emcee it and lead from time to time. And it just worked out where that's my position. Awesome. And a lot of it is trying to, you know, help people find their purpose and meaning right. in life. Cause yep. it's very easy to feel lost. Right. You know, I've, I can't say how many times yeah. I felt lost in just in different aspects. So how do you help people mm-hmm. find purpose and meaning in their life? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So through youth group and through different areas, I've, I've had a lot of opportunity, you know, I've coached and interviewed and hired over 400 salespeople. I've led and helped probably, I don't know, a hundred young men through youth group over the last dozen years. And now I, I help co-lead that men's ministry of 60 to 80 guys filtering in and out in a community of only 40,000 people in a church that's, that's not that large. And so I, I connect with a lot of people. I think that's the biggest thing is relationship and connection first to understand what's going on in their life, how God has uniquely wired them and crafted them. And then ultimately, I believe that God bestows spiritual, what are called spiritual gifts to us, right? Like I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. I don't want to be on a podcast. I don't want to be out in sales. I don't want to be in front of people. We bought a nice home that has a lot of different rooms because both of my wife and I are introverted. We need that time alone to to energize, right? I'm and not yet there you are, man, on LinkedIn, right. consistently right. posting about, honest, honestly, what sounds to me would make you uncomfortable talking about your personal Correct. life, your faith, and your journey. So you, you, say, sure. you, you say you're naturally introverted. I would disagree, mm-hmm. man. I think you're naturally extroverted. You're very, you know, you're matching my, you match my energy very well in the podcast. So if you told me like a week ago you were introvert, I'd be like, no, you're not. You're, I don't but believe you. would have met me when I was a middle schooler, I was so socially awkward. I didn't have any friends. I was kind of a loser, right? Yeah. And so I modeled a lot of, my dad's an extrovert. I modeled a lot mm. of my stuff after him. I saw that he had the results that I wanted. And so I started mimicking his behaviors. I started observing without even knowing it, Interesting. right? The caught versus taught yeah. mentality. I started catching more than I even realized. He wasn't teaching me how to interact with people in a formal setting. He wasn't teaching me and explaining to me and sitting down how to connect, how to match energy, how to match body language. But I love to read because I'm an introvert. So I've read a lot of books. I'm also a doer. That is a part of me that I believe God created me with as being a doer and an achiever. There's there's something called the strengths finder test. And my very number one strengths finder is an achiever. So I'm an achiever. I'm a learner. I'm input. Learner means I like to learn as much as I can. Input means I like to share as much as I can. My fourth one is connectedness, which means that I, I want to share that with people to help people. And the fifth one is I'm very strategic. So 
you can observe those traits from a very young age, but how I get energized is by myself, is away from people, is out in nature, is lifting weights, is, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'll come home and I'll just say to my wife, hey, sweetie, I love you. How was your day? We talk for a second. And I'm like, I'm just going in the basement because I got to be by myself and I got to recharge, right? So I appreciate that compliment, but that's years and years and years and years and years of intentional personal growth. Right. And, and so it might seem like I'm an extrovert now. I, I would just say I'm a very personally developed introvert that has worked very hard on this. Even smiling right now, I know in highly how to win friends and influence people and the seven habits of highly effective people. It talks about, you know, I've taken courses, I, I've, I've been in these things and I've practiced smiling a lot and talking um, in different tones, uh, you know, intonations, et cetera. So, so yes, I'm an introvert. It's not natural for me, but I believe that those spiritual gifts come from God. And that's where I started earlier, that leadership, teaching, and knowledge transfer. He bestowed those onto me when I came to know him, when I was baptized as, as an adult and professed my faith in him, that he's cultivated those through mentorship, through people at church, through men that I've looked up to, through different individuals in my life and helped cultivate those to the point where now I am leading these different ministries. But if you would have talked to me 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been this comfortable on camera. I'm not comfortable on camera right now, but you know, people say fake it till you make it. I don't really believe in that, but I believe that you can, I guess, envision like the strategic manifest. part of me. You yeah. can, like what's that? Yeah. Manifest. Yeah, believe, believe in who you are supposed to be and who are you supposed to become and, and so that's part of also when we're talking about purpose and we're talking about helping guys discover that to circle back, I would say that there, there's two points in your life and there, there's an A point and there's a B point. And A is where you are right now and B is where you want to end up. If we're talking about legacy, if we're ending up the day you die, if we're talking about what your mission in life is, where you're going, if we can envision that as like an A point and a B point on a map, right? And there's all kinds of mountains and rivers and all kinds of things in here. You need a compass to get you through that map. You're not just going to end up there. And you have to take steps intentionally each day in that direction. And that compass that I teach people, that I teach kids in youth group, men's ministry, is your core values. And so when I was 19, a gentleman came to our college and talked about the importance of core values. And I went back to my room that day and prayed about it and wrote down that, that faith, family, fellowship, philanthropy, and fitness. And that's the filter that I use for those decisions. So a lot of Christianity, a lot of following Jesus is humility and not thinking about what I want, but thinking about what's best for others, not thinking about what serves me, but thinking about what serves others, not thinking about my desires, but what God wants in the situation and I don't believe he wants me to just sit at home playing video games or watching movies or reading or, you know, going out into nature all by myself. I think he created me to be in a relationship with people. And so that requires me to change who I am. So how do you deal with haters? I mean, being so open and public about <laughs> yeah. this, even even on a platform like LinkedIn, like LinkedIn, like um, I used to call LinkedIn the most fakest website on the internet because it's it's okay. the appearance of everyone wants you to think they're actually like this. Like, yeah, right. you don't see many trolls on LinkedIn. Yeah. At least I thought. Well, they're definitely and out there, man. They're there. They're they are there. there. I'm actually yeah. surprised. I'm like, damn, man, you know, this is a networking like business website and you're out there like yeah. talking yeah. smack on something you shouldn't even be, that shouldn't have been posted here in the first place. So you yeah. touching upon religion, you got to deal with a lot of haters, yeah. or even non-believers, atheists, or just people throwing nonsense at you. How do you, how do you wear that armor and just have it bounce off you and just say, you know, well, 
It's funny you mentioned armor because God talks about in Ephesians, he talks about putting on the armor of God daily. So that's, that's a daily prayer is praying that God would direct my steps, that he would provide grace in my responses, that I would speak with truth and love, but not be ashamed of the gospel. These are all Bible verses that I'm meshing together, not be afraid to share. And I'm not out there to prove anyone wrong. I'm not out there to try to convince you of anything. If you don't like what I posted, that's up to you, man. And and you can either have an open mind or a closed mind to it. And I don't know if you've been hurt by someone in the past. I don't know so much about you. So when I read those comments and I see, when when I read through, sometimes you can really feel, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you can kind of feel like some underlying hatred or anger or pain. Right. And so I'm always very, very gentle with those individuals. And I ask a lot of questions. And, and I think that's really important when you don't understand is to ask a lot of questions and not do a lot of finger pointing. And I think that's one reason why so many people feel judged by people in the church. Right. People that follow Jesus is because far too often it's telling you what to do and not just asking you, like, what's going on, man? And tell me more about that. Why, why are you feeling this way? And then also empathizing with them. I can see why you're, and these are all sales techniques, things that, I, again, I've learned from my dad, things that I've learned, and my dad's not a Christian, by the way, uh, and, and nobody in my family is, I'm the only Christian in my family, um, and so I, I've learned those, they're the same transferable skills, I guess you should say. No, that's really good. Does that make sense, though, when no, those haters? Yeah, it does, they, yeah, you just, you just gotta, you gotta try and put yourself in their shoes and come from a place yeah. of non-judgment. Like yeah, yep. the most common thing people make fun of with me is my voice, which is okay. Which is which is I we didn't laugh. It's like well, there's nothing I can do about that. So if you're gonna yeah, criticize me, at least make it. it helpful. Like you, you yeah. like you mentioned earlier, men um, are very direct, and yep. that is that, and that is the best kind of criticism. I tell anyone who if you're gonna critique me, you know, <laughs> give it to me straight, yeah. give it to me hard, yeah. get, but come yep. from a place of you know building me down to build me, break me down to build me back up. Yep. Right. If you guys can yep. say, if you tell, tell me, me what I'm doing wrong and then tell me how to fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in, and as a man and as a woman, you know, you got to learn how to deal with that criticism because especially, and yes. you got to know if it's coming, where it's, com- where it's coming from. Like if it's my father or my mother or my brother mm-hmm. give me this advice and they're being mean, it's coming yep. from a place of love. If it's just random dude on YouTube or TikTok just right. yelling at me for this comment I made about whatever, you know, right. they mean nothing to me. Absolutely right. nothing. Yeah. But, yeah. but and, and so, sometimes those strangers give you actual good advice yeah. as well. So you got to yeah. take, take well, a and the good yeah, You have to filter that with the strong filter. Right. So I, again, I've talked about my core values at length, but then having the good, the right people around you, this Bible says, that he who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So if you've got wise people around you, and it talks about having many counselors, wise counselors, right? Um, If you have wise counselors and you are a companion with wise people, you walk with wise people, then some of those things, yes, they might feel like an arrow that you pull out and you got to tend the wound and heal it. But part of that is pride as well. Right. If somebody says something, there might be an element of truth in it or they could be totally wrong. But either way, if I'm needing to prove myself because I'm not secure and sure of who I am or where I'm going, when we're talking about that A point and that B point on that map, that is not part of my mission. I'm open. I'm always open minded. If there's an atheist or there's a Muslim or there's 
a Jewish person or somebody that, that that is agnostic that brings up another idea, game on. I love to have those conversations, and I'm going to do so with with the grace and love and tact that I've mentioned. Uh, I need to learn. I don't know all things, and so when they're coming at me, I do need to have an open mind to what they have to say, and at the same time, I can ask those wise counselors: Is there an element of truth in this, or or is this just? coming from a place of anger or pain or something in their past that they don't like what I said, or is my post is what I said, is it in some way miscommunicated, right? Nobody's a perfect communicator. So is it in some way, could it be perceived that way? And then if I see that, say that, see that, excuse me, to acknowledge it, to break it down and go, Hey man, I'm sorry to have the humility to just apologize and say, I'm sorry, you're right. I shouldn't have said it that way or the way that I presented it was wrong, but I will never apologize for what I believe to be true, right? Um, We talked about at church this weekend, keep the main thing the main thing. And I think far too often we get off mission. And if my mission is to share the hope of Jesus Christ to transform lives and help build disciples, if that's my mission, I believe that God is put that on my heart, but then also everybody's heart. There's something called the Great Commission in the Bible, and it's in Matthew 28, and it says, um, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey my commands, for surely I'm with you always until the very end of the age. And I believe, and, and I think it's pretty clear, that's the last thing that Jesus said before he rose into heaven, I think that, that that's pretty important. You know, usually the last thing we say in a speech or the last thing we say in a conversation or the last thing um, we say before we drop the mic is pretty important, right? And that's the last thing he said before he rose, rose up into heaven. I believe that mission is for all of us. And so I'm not going to apologize for sharing what I believe. I will apologize for the way that I've brought it across. I will apologize if I've done it in pride. I will apologize if it's incorrect, right? Because I'm not, again, like I said, I'm not perfect and I've got a lot to learn and and I'm going to be in 12 months significantly better than I am today, but significantly worse than I will be 12 years from now, right? You know, one can hope. One can yeah. hope. I'm sure, I'm sure some people can devolve backwards, but that's, that's a personal issue, right? And I think a lot of this, that a lot of a common theme behind this whole conversation is the personal, which is also the, you know, the right. pain podcast stands for. It's your personal relationship. Yep. And it's, um, it's very, it's like a, it's like a yoga way of teaching, like a yogi, that whole meditation thing. It's well, you didn't yep. get upset by what I said. You chose to be upset by what I said. That's something you can control. And something like 100%. that, something like that kind of sticks with me. Um, because mm-hmm. like, does anyone make you upset or are you choosing to react that way? Sometimes that reaction can be involuntary, but your mind made up that decision to right. react that certain way, whether it's involuntary right. or not, it's still, it's a personal thing. And I right. Think that's a, right. That's Especially a, when it comes down to semantics and words yeah. and picking apart something <laughs> yeah. somebody said, right. There are certain things in life that are heinous that everybody should be upset by, Of course, you know, right. That yeah, there's 10 of them, there's 10 commandments for them. Oh yeah, but, but I mean specifically like different things going on in war and yeah. killing of innocent people, or yeah. you know, something some people's do to children. You know, really terrible things that I don't even want to talk about. That that should upset everybody, I believe, and I don't yeah. want that to come off judgmental. But I mean, there's certain human truths that I believe God wrote on our heart when you talk about the Ten Commandments. Nothing He says in there. 
even before I knew the Lord, even before I had a relationship with him, there were things that I did that I knew were wrong. Mm -hmm. Even if I didn't get taught that, right. If I was disrespectful to my parents, if I was uh, rude to a teacher, if I was sneaking out late at night, if I was getting into trouble, if I was doing these things, I knew they were wrong. And that was maybe part of the fun, or maybe it was just my lack of self-control. Right. But at the end of the day, I believe God's written those on our hearts. So whether we're, in Papua New Guinea, or we're in China, or we're in the Middle East, or we're in Europe, or we're in South America, or here in the U.S., wherever we are, uh, that that those truths are the things that are going to make us upset. And that's why, and sometimes we disagree why they happen, and we disagree how to handle that situation when it does occur. And I think that's the biggest tension between whether it's a political party or it's religion yeah. or non-religion. Uh, I think all of us are searching for going back to purpose the answers to how do we deal with that? Why is it happening? Is it good? Is it bad? Part of me wants it. Part of me doesn't want it, depending on what it is, right? Um, but at the end of the day, we're all just searching for answers, right? Yeah. And again, that's a personal journey and people can help you get right. there. Like even with your community, people can help you get there. But at the end of the day, you got to find it yourself. You, you know, I'm even thinking about it. I'm also an, extra, an introverted extrovert because I very much value my time alone and time to digest and is introspect like my day or this, that, or whatever, and kind of mm -hmm. figure out what I'm doing. If I'm a problem with my business, I just need mm -hmm. a few days just to sit and ruminate and yeah. think about it. I'll talk to people like you. I'll talk to people right. like that you can connect me with or whatever, my friends and family. Yep. But at the end of the day, yep. I got to sit down, think, meditate, talk to yep. God, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. come up with a decision. And that's, right. that's, and that's, I think that's a perfect note to end on, you know, the idea of, yeah. you know, you can reach out to others, but at the end of the day, you would want to make that step. Cause if you want to get into heaven, that, that no one can help you get there. It's all action you have to take yourself. Right. You have to make that decision. Exactly. That's, that's not, that's not me deciding that for you or you deciding that for someone else. That's them deciding that with God, I believe. All right. All right, Dan, this has been a lot of fun. So please, I know. Yeah, buddy, I really appreciated this. This is, this has been a lot of fun. I, I feel like, you know, this is just a conversation we were having in a coffee shop, you know? That's 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 the magic of podcasting. And then when I cut a bunch of clips for you, that's what's going to connect with people. And this is, of course, a podcast for your audience. Now your audience already knows how to, where to find you. If there's anyone new who is watching this, please tell someone where they can find you. You're big on LinkedIn. That's probably your number one platform. So anything you want to plug? Um, I know you can always sell your insurance in certain areas of the country. So I guess yeah. just, someone wants to follow you on LinkedIn and get some words of wisdom from a guy who has a positive attitude every single day, whether you actually have one or not. My friend, please share. The floor is yours. Thank you. Well, if you're following me, if you're connected with me, my whole goal, again, is to uplift you, encourage you, empower you, help you. It's not to sell you something. It's not to talk about insurance all day. I will talk about those things from time to time, but I really could care less if I get a sale. I'm here to help people. I'm here to love people. I'm here to help them discover why they're here on this earth and what their mission and what their, their purpose is. And let me tell you guys firsthand, Dan is someone who can definitely help you. you know, I, I had a phone call eventually with Dan a few weeks ago, and, you know, I was kind of looking for things to help and kind of guidance in my business, um, and he did. He decided to come on this podcast. He invited, he connected me with um, David, who was another person who was on a podcast, so it kind of got the ball rolling, the creative juices flowing, and now business is kind of starting to pick up again, and... We'll see what happens from there, but it all happens because you started out and reach out to someone else's conversation and someone who can help you um, even just talk and filter out ideas. So 
Dan, thank you very much sure. for that help. Yeah. And uh, thank you much yeah. for being a guest on this podcast. Uh, the only other thing I'd add there is that I've worked in a lot of industries. I was a quality control supervisor at a manufacturer. I've been a logistics manager. I taught Spanish at a parochial school and coached basketball. I've led sales teams. I've done hiring and firing. I've done the the overnights in other states and other countries. I've been all over the place, and now I own my own business. So I've been in and around small business my whole life. My father also uh, is a vice president of an insurance company. And so I think that gives me an opportunity to relate and connect to a lot of people in a lot of different backgrounds because I've, I've been everywhere, man. Amazing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dan Rosenblatt. Make sure to go and follow him on LinkedIn. If you want to follow me on LinkedIn, it's Will Tarashuk, T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. And the website is willytproductions.com. Dot com to learn everything about Willie T Productions can do for you. Basically, I do this. I host podcasts for professionals, people. I'm looking to create content for whatever Dan wants to use this for, probably just posting on LinkedIn like he usually does, fitting into his national strategy to connect with others. Or if you want to create more content to kind of grow your business, speak directly to your audience, that is something I do. Hosting podcasts is not easy. He said it himself. It's just like we're talking in a coffee shop. Go and try and do that remotely on Zoom with the graphics package. It's not as easy as you think. I've been doing podcasting for eight, that's eight, this hand, eight years. I'll put them over here. Eight years. It takes a long time to develop this skill. So if you want to have some help and skip the line, reach out to me at will at willytproductions.com. That's W-I-L-L-Y-T-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S.com and reach learn how I can help you create content by hosting you for an hour, cutting a bunch of clips, social copy, and all that fun stuff. Next time I'll be speaking to, I don't know, We'll see. That's half the fun. But we'll see you there. But until then, y'all take care.